stretch to start the hour and uh, why did you do it and the Alan Parsons project from uh, the iRobos album and I wouldn't want to be like you at 30 minutes past eight the full English breakfast show now, I saw this in the, uh, the local paper yesterday and uh, the local Germany is reporting it today. Uh, car mad Germany may be known for its speed limitless autobahns, but a Czech billionaire suspected 417 kilometres an hour dragged down a stretch of motorway has run into trouble with local law enforcement. Now, the prosecutor's office in Stendal in the northern state of Saxony-Anhalt said it had launched a probe into a potential illegal race over the incident. There's a video of it. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Scary. Uh, the wealthy sports car owner from the Czech Republic posted videos of the drive in a Bugatti Chiron on YouTube, bringing attention to the incident. Uh, we thank God for the safety and good circumstances, Radin Passer wrote in the video description on his channel. As some of the videos display a virtual speedometer which reaches 417 kilometres an hour on a stretch of motorway between Berlin and Magdeburg to the west of the capital. And while the recordings were made in the middle of last year, the videos were only recently posted online but have since been viewed millions of times. I didn't even know a car could go 417 kilometres an hour. Make them go that fast. It's faster than a Formula One car. What's the point if you can't drive it at that speed? Well, you can on a racing circuit well, if you want to. Well, I know, but... Uh. Yeah. I mean, in its defence, the road, the road was pretty empty. I think it was done either... Well, it must have been done very early in the morning, just as the summer's coming up. But um, he was just whizzing past all these other cars, well, a few cars that were on the road. Uh, but, yeah, 417 kilometres now is pushing it a little bit. The Press Review is brought to you by BMW Cote d'Azur. Starting with the London Times, Conservative MPs said last night that Boris Johnson had endangered Sir Keir Starmer after protesters ambushed the Labour leader outside Parliament and accused him of protecting Jimmy Savile. Police had to bundle Starmer into a car after he was surrounded by a mob shouting the child sex offender's name and slurs, including pedo protector. He was returning to Parliament with David Lammy, the sh uh, Shadow Foreign Secretary, after a briefing on Ukraine at the Ministry of Defence when he was waylaid shortly after 5pm. He was unharmed. The Metropolitan Police said it had made two arrests after a police officer was allegedly assaulted. The former Chief Whip, Julian Whip, was amongst the... Uh, Julian Smith was among the least seven Tory MPs to criticise Johnson as he described the events as appalling. And calls for an apology also came from Sir Roger Gale, Anthony Mangal and Tobias Elwood, Tory MPs who've sent letters of no confidence in Johnson. In this morning's Le Monde, France's 77-year-old former interior minister, Claude Gale, who has been jailed for two months in Paris, is to be released on Wednesday. One time an aide to former President Nicolas Sarkozy, he has been behind bars since the 13th of December over to failing to deliver fines and damages he was ordered to pay in 2017 in a case regarding underhand cash bonuses from the interior ministry. And also from Le Mans, Russian President Vladimir Putin said he was ready for compromise and would look at proposals put forward by Emmanuel Macron during talks on Monday while still blaming the West for raising tensions over Ukraine. Emerging from a meeting in the Kremlin that lasted more than five hours, the two leaders voiced hope that a solution could be found to the worst crisis between Russia and the West since the end of the Cold War. And in the Figaro this morning, a Paris lawyer is preparing a group lawsuit against nursing home company Corian following complaints of mistreatment in its facilities. The news comes just a week after similar complaints levelled at the Orpia group prompted outrage and an official investigation. BBC World Service News, live from London coming up. This is the Full English Breakfast Show in association with Air France. 
The Press Review, brought to you by BMW, Mies Premium Motors, Bayern Avenue Cannes, BMW Store Monaco, and JPV Fréjus. Boost your business with the electrified range by BMW. Find all the BMW business drive offers at your car dealer. It's time for the Terrific Tuesday pop quiz. Question number one. On this day in 1992, UK act Right Said Fred started a three-week run at number one and the US single charts with which song? I'm too sexy for my shirts. And which number did it reach in the UK charts? Number three. Well, nearly, number two. Yeah. But anyway, that wasn't the question. Who is number one? Right. Who was you number, number one? six. <laughs> question number two. On this day in 1986, Billy Ocean started a four-week run at number one on the UK singles chart with... When the going gets tough... The tough get going. Correct. You get an extra point if you can tell me, as featured in which film? Die Hard. No. <laughs> I don't know. It was The Jewel of the Nile. Oh, really? Yes. Is that the one with Kathleen Turner in it? It certainly is, yeah. yeah. And Michael Douglas. Yeah. But apparently the video was banned in the UK because it featured non-musicians union members. Mm-hmm. There you go. I say. And it's taking place this evening, the Brit Awards. Is that the question? No. <laughs> but on this day in 1983... Winners at the second annual Brit Awards held in London included Paul McCartney, who won Best British Male Solo Artist, Kim Wilde won Best British Female Solo Artist, oh, Kim Wilde, Dire Straits won British Group, British Breakthrough Act went to Yazoo, International Act was Kid Creole and the Coconuts, but what was the best-selling single of this year and by who? Oh, 1983. Yeah. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. What are you looking over there for? That was the clue. Eyes. No. <laughs> oh, come on, you've got to get this. You would have been, I think it was probably the first song I danced to. I was 19. The party I went to. Well, I wasn't. No, 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 19. <laughs> um, Spandau Ballet? No, that was the first song I danced to slow to. But the first song that you'd get up and jump Duran, up and down. Duran. No. Best-selling single of Come 1983. Come on, Rob. Give me a clue. I just have about three times. Come on, Eileen. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> what were you looking... Oh, oh because when I said, come on. <laughs> You're giving me the come on, Lee. <laughs> yeah, obviously works, doesn't it? Not. Oh, dear, oh, dear. No, it wasn't... Well, you know, because women don't normally do that, so we still know what you're on about. Yeah. I'm not a woman. Aren't you? <laughs> More about that later. Be non-binary. <laughs> Come on, we need to know. Riviera Radio. Business. Good morning. Good morning, Robert. You sounded so happy this morning. You're demob happy, you know. You're off on holiday for nearly two weeks and you seem to have got to the uh, the school holidays without having to go back to the office as well. <laughs> Not out of choice and it may all come crashing down around me, so... Henry, as you know, has had COVID. We're hoping he'll come out of that. And uh, if he tests negative, then I guess we can uh, we can go uh, on our holidays. Or if any of us test, of course, positive, then that will be the end of that little charade. So we'll have to wait to see how it plays out. Heading for the slopes, are we? I think we'll get a little bit of Swiss air, if possible. A bit of uh, mountains, a little bit of snow would be nice, actually, yes. 
Okay, as well, it's, uh, someone's obviously had a very Go good on, year. Someone's had a good year. <laughs> <laughs> someone's had a good year. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, not having a good year, uh, markets, really. Um, the uh, the indices all down in Wall Street yesterday, apart from the Dow Jones, which ended flat. But it's kind of a hangover from those uh, Mesa results, isn't it? There's an element of that. I think there has been some mixed results coming through from uh, from the tech sector in the United States. Meta, I think, maybe you can set to one side because elsewhere from the likes of Alphabet, for example, and uh, from some of the other big names, we've seen some some good numbers over the course of the quarter and some solid outlet statements coming through. But you say US stocks fell in late day trading yesterday. There is renewed concerns perhaps over some of those technology names. NASDAQ was down six tenths of one cent. S&P 500 was off four tenths of one cent. Treasury yields have been pushing higher. This is investors assess the outlook for monetary policy ahead of a key inflation report out later this week. Of course, on Thursday, we get the US Consumer Price uh, Index, and that's expected to show a rise to 7.2% year on year in January. To put that in some sort of context for you, that would be the highest since the 1980s. Traders, of course, grappling with the prospect of the steepest monetary policy tightening cycle since the 1990s. Markets pricing in more than five quarter point hikes during the course of this year. That probably still looks a little bit excessive for us, but certainly the pressure is on the Federal Reserve. That first hike expected to be in March and a close call as to whether it will be 25 or indeed 50 basis points. Part of the uh, driver, of course, inflation has been coming through from the energy markets. Brent crude trading above $92 a barrel this morning. This is President Biden and Macron stand firm on possible sanctions on Russia if they were to invade Ukraine, including stopping Nord Stream 2 project. A little bit of relief for Bitcoin investors. They've seen five consecutive days of um, increases coming through there. That's the longest winning streak since September. In terms of the opening calls on the European bourses this morning, looking a little bit lukewarm, it has to be said, but still positive. Currently calling the FTSE up 15 points. That's over in Frankfurt, up five points. Catcron in Paris, up seven points. So it's going to hit $100 a barrel before too long, isn't it, oil? The risk is probably still to the upside, one would suspect. Um, we'll have to see how those negotiations play out. If we were to see a diplomatic resolution to this potential conflict over Ukraine, clearly that would be seen as um, positive in terms of supply for energy markets, which would reduce some of the pressure that we've been seeing in terms of prices. Then we return back to the fundamentals. The fundamentals continue to point to the idea that we are seeing recovery after the depths of the pandemic and still constrained supply. Yeah, although well, there's these talks in Vienna, or indirect talks, as they're being called, between the United States and Iran aimed at reviving the nuclear deal. Uh, they start this morning, so if they reach agreement, then that could uh, have an effect on prices as well. Yeah, improved supply coming through. There's been lots of debate around, of course, that Iranian uh, crude coming back onto the market. These negotiations have been taking place over the course of the past couple of years that we should remember. So no quick resolution is expected there. So perhaps we'll have to wait some time before that oil comes onto the market. What do they mean by indirect talks? Are they going to do it through Chinese whispers or something? You know? <laughs> <laughs> They're doing it on, uh, they're using uh, Echo, Amazon Echo, to send messages to each right. other. Right, no, okay. Not, well, what do I you don't make... know. It's, it's rather than, you know, sending out the formal 
negotiations, I suppose. Back channel negotiations, as it's described. What do you make of Peter Thiel stepping down uh, from the board of Messer? I mean, he was one of the original investors in Facebook. I mean, can you see him unloading his shares at some point in the near future? Well, he's um, obviously an influential figure when it comes to technology investment, uh, and particularly, as you say, um, at the early stages of many of these companies. And he's been around a long time through the development of Meta and Facebook and has done incredibly well on the back of it. So I didn't see the, I don't know if he even highlighted the reasons why he decided to uh, step down from the board, but um, I do. Yeah, maybe I that know. was a personal decision. Go on. No, he said he wants to uh, spend more time helping elect candidates that he thinks will help to advance former President Donald Trump's agenda in the midterm congressional elections. Okay, well, that's an interesting... Uh, that's an interesting task to take uh, to uh, to participate in, I suppose. If you remember back in uh, Donald Trump uh, w when he was running for president and when he was president, of course, he was certainly one of his uh, most vocal supporters from the business community. Very diplomatically put, Mr. Potts. Uh, Christine Lagarde is sharpening her talons. Yeah, Christine Lagarde maintaining her hawkish tone while talking to the European Parliament yesterday. She said the need to remain data dependent is even more important as the economy emerges from the coronavirus pandemic and officials must maintain flexibility and optionality more than ever. The European Central Bank president said any adjustment to monetary policy will be gradual to the debate over the euro region's first interest rate increase in more than a decade has been heating up. Of course, we've seen a change in message coming through from the European Central Bank president. For a long time, of course, she was ruling out the chance of an interest rate hike during the course of this year. At last week's European Central Bank meeting, she moved away from that. She pivoted away to the idea of becoming data dependent. And that's got many people in the market, of course, excited. Policymakers are now expecting to see a shift in the perhaps guidance materialising as soon as March when they'll get uh, the new economic forecast and a reassessment of its bond buying programme. We still think probably on the balance of probability, we won't be seeing a hike during the course of this year. But as we've been talking about, it's now forecasting two hikes in 2023 from the European Central Bank. And do you ever bump into Mr Looney at the RAC club? I can't say that I do, to be honest with you. BP. Exactly. Uh, B <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. Uh, BP, huge rise in energy prices has resulted in a massive upswing in profits for the oil major, reporting four-quarter earnings that have beaten analyst expectations. Lots of ways, of course, you can slice and dice profits from the energy sector. But if you look at adjusted earnings, they came in at $4.1 billion. The estimate was for $3.9 billion. But a full-year profit came in at $12.8 billion. Remember, that's versus a loss of $5.7 billion the previous year. Gas prices have been rising dramatically. I think they might be as much as five times higher than where we were a year ago. Oil, as we've been talking about this morning, trading at a seven-year high resulting in bumper profits for the industry. BP said that they would repurchase $1.5 billion worth of its shares using surplus 2021 cash flow. They're increasing the capex as well to somewhere between 14 to $15 billion this year. That's up from $12.8 billion in 2021. Said 40% of the investment would be focusing on energy transition. So lots of change taking place in terms of the oil industry. The good news is they've got greater firepower trying to help manage that change, 
given what's happened in terms of energy prices over the course of the past year. No wonder you're scarpering to Switzerland for a couple of weeks, you know, leave Potts Towers to turn the uh, the power off uh, to avoid a nasty surprise when you come back. I tell you what, it's expensive these days. And so, someone has asked me, how do you know when you feel old? And I tell you what, I spend a lot of my time turning off the lights in my house these days. Kids have no appreciation of energy prices or keeping the lights on. I am very strict on these matters. Well, haven't you got it all controlled by an app? I mean, you know, that's the way to go. You can just turn it off wherever you are. Oh, very fancy. Someone's had a good year. <laughs> Mind you, your electricity bills must be going through the roof with all those computers you've got in your basement mining cryptocurrencies. <laughs> uh, they do take a lot of energy, actually, those cryptocurrencies. In <laughs> fact, one of the big arguments against cryptocurrency is the energy intensiveness of it and the inability, particularly of ESG... Uh, related funds and investors to uh, put their money anywhere near some of those cryptocurrencies. Well, you seem to know a lot about it. Well, you know, that's my job. I think, um, you know, Bernard Looney should uh, should probably um, stand for Parliament. You know, he could be Prime Minister one day, couldn't he? <laughs> uh, anyone has a chance of being Prime Minister in the UK, uh, particularly given the... Uh, the current predicament of the incumbent. So uh, we wait to see who stands forward. I mean, well, we've got two and a half weeks to see if your prediction turns out to be right. I mean, this is your eighth prediction that you've made around the uh, the premiership of Boris Johnson. So we'll see if this time frame comes to fruition for you. Well, I think he'd be the ideal candidate because it would just uh, be stability. You could just replace one loony with another, couldn't you? <laughs> Dear me. Foreign exchanges, please. <laughs> Pound against the dollar coming in at 135, euro dollar 114. You're going to get one euro, 18 and a half cents for your British pound this morning. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Speak to you tomorrow. Hank Potson Barclays. On FM and DAB Plus across the Cote d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. Sarah Lysa has the top stories across the Riviera. Two young skiers from the Netherlands have died after being swept away by an avalanche in an off-piste area of the resort of Saint-Colombin-de-Villard in southeastern France. The incident occurred on Monday. Both victims, aged 20 and 21, were declared dead at the hospital of Grenoble. On Monday, authorities had issued a level 3 out of 5 avalanche risk in the area. In other news, a fire has broken out in a restaurant in Toulon city centre in the VAR. The firefighters intervened shortly before 11am on Monday on the ground floor of a building on Avenue de la République. The blaze is believed to have started in the kitchen of the establishment. Traffic was severely disrupted in the area as the Avenue de la République had to be closed for the duration of the intervention. €34,000 in cash and Rolex watches have been seized by police from Draguignan in Marseille. Following a three-year investigation, officers made several arrests. The thieves had been reported for the first time back in November 2018, robbing delivery men targeting parcels containing mobile phones. The COVID vaccination centre in Antibes has reduced its opening hours due to a drop in demand. The centre will now be open only on Mondays, Wednesdays and Saturdays from 8.30am to 6.30pm until Saturday the 26th of February. For those that have made an appointment by calling 0492913579 or online, the centre will open on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays from 8am to midday and from 2pm to 5pm. 
due to work being carried out to introduce an additional supply of drinking water from San Maxime to the village of Plan de la Tour in the VAR. The road which links the RD74 towards San Maxime and the RD44 towards Grimaud without going through the village centre will be closed to traffic from next week until the beginning of May. The village of Plan de la Tour currently has only one pipe to supply it with drinking water which comes from Grimaud and is often saturated during the busy summer season. The city of Nice is getting ready for its carnival, which kicks off this Friday evening. The year's theme is the animal. This year's theme is the animal kingdom. The event is on until February the 27th, with a parade of floats and flower festivities throughout. In national news in France, French President Emmanuel Macron has spoken for several hours with Vladimir Putin on the Ukrainian crisis. On Monday, the president welcomed the progress made with his counterpart. The head of state assured that the coming days will be decisive and involve more discussions before adding that we have the will to work together to guarantee a new order of stability and security in Europe. For his part, Vladimir Putin said the talks with Emmanuel Macron were useful and emphasised his demands that he set for a de-escalation of the crisis, such as the non-expansion of NATO. He added that NATO was far from being a pacifist organisation. The Russian president criticised the presence of NATO forces near Russia's borders, saying he did not understand in this context Western countries' criticism of Russian soldiers near the Ukrainian border. He stressed, however, that certain ideas of Emmanuel Macron could make it possible to lay the foundations for common progress and that he was ready for certain compromises. Finally, in sport, the Prefecture of the Outmara team has issued a ban on supporters of the Olympic de Marseille football team ahead of tomorrow's match against OC- OGC Nice. Uh, nice will play the Olympique de Marseille at the Alliance Riviera Stadium for the quarterfinals of the Coupe de France. The kickoff is at 9.15. Riviera Radio, Sports News. China leads the medals table on day four of the Winter Games in Beijing with three gold medals and a total of five. Sweden, which briefly led the table on Mondays in second place with three gold medals. And several nations, including the Russian Olympic Committee, the Netherlands, Germany and Norway, have two gold medals each. There are ten medal events today, including the men's Super G skiing, men's individual biathlon, women's and men's cross-country skiing, women's big air freestyle skating, women's single luge, men's and women's parallel giant slalom, and men's 1500 metres skating. Do you fancy go any of those? No. No? How about the women's parallel giant slalom in snowboarding? No, uh, skating might be doable. Skating? Skating on thin ice (laughs) as usual. Uh, Cricket, Paul Collingwood has been named as England interim test coach following the sacking of Chris Silverwood. Collingwood will lead the side for the test match series against West Indies and is reported to be considering making major changes to the team. The squad for the series will be announced later today. Football, there are three games in the English Premier League tonight. We'll have some midweek predictions after the latest from BBC Sports. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Paul Serres at the BBC Sports Centre. The Premier League returns on Tuesday following a two-week winter break. Fourth place Manchester United travel to bottom club Burnley in one of three matches. The United boss Ralph Rangnick has confirmed that midfielder Jesse Lingard will be in the squad. Lingard was linked with a loan move to a number of clubs during the recent transfer window, but will return alongside Edinson Cavani, who's been injured recently. Both are top professionals, both have been training well with regard to uh, uh, Jesse. I have a very good relationship with him. He knows that I would have been 
willing to let him go, at least until the issue with Mason came up. There was no problems whatsoever between myself and, 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 and Jesse um, and vice versa. Elsewhere, Everton boss Frank Lampard has defended new signing Delhi Alley ahead of their trip to Newcastle. The former England manager Glenn Hoddle said the 25-year-old looked like he'd been dragged off the street when he was presented to the club's fans at half-time during Saturday's FA Cup win against Brentford. Lampard says he only cares what his new signing does on the pitch. I don't care what car he drives, what, what clothes he wears. As long as I get a lad that comes to training every day, wants to improve every day, respects the club, respects his teammates and then produce, you know, and give everything to produce. So that everyone has their own individual personality. To try and handcuff that or restrict that, I think, could be detrimental. So, as I say, as long as players do the right behaviours when it comes to football and doing the right things, I've got no worries. In the other game on Tuesday, fifth place West Ham host relegation threatened Watford. Hammers boss David Moyes says it was only a matter of time before Roy Hodgson was back in management. This again, him coming back again at his age, and I'm saying, oh, I don't know if I could ever do that because it seems that uh, you know, he's been going on forever, Roy, but he's got a great passion, great love of the game, a drive that he wants to stay out in the training pitch. So I think it will give Watford a really good chance of, uh, of staying up. And for more football news from the BBC, go to bbc.com forward slash football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. So slightly stealing our thunder there, the BBC, with previews of tonight's matches. But uh, yes, Newcastle against Everton. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, Frank's uh, second game in charge going up to Newcastle. I'm going to go for a home win for Newcastle. Really? Yeah. Really? Ooh. Only just so. Or a draw. Home win or a draw? Yeah. Not a defeat? You no. know, because you could tick all the boxes then. No. Uh, I'm going to stick my neck out and say Everton. West Ham against Watford. Warwick to the rescue. West Ham. Uh, really? You really? Roy's, do you think Roy will get them out of relegation trouble? No. No? You think they're going down? Yeah. Right. Lysett says Watford are going down, Mackers. <laughs> uh, and Burnley against Manchester United. Stuart? Uh, Stuart? I know. Well, I would love a win for Stuart, of course. It depends which Man United turn up, doesn't it, really? Because they lost in the FA Cup at home to Middlesbrough on Saturday. This is true. Good but that's point. the cup. Good point made. That is the cup. The magic of the FA Cup. I'm going to go for Man United. Yeah, sorry, too. Stuart. Yeah, sorry, Stuart. Uh, Rugby Union Scotland have called up Dave Cherry to their Six Nations squad for next weekend's game against Wales with Jamie Rich and Josh Bayliss out injured. Hooker Cherry's won five caps for Scotland and has scored three international tries. And Ireland have called up hooker Dave Heffernan as cover for injured Rob Herring. Herring's been ruled out of the game against France with a calf injury and Keith Earls remains absent as he recovers from a hamstring injury. Robbie Henshaw and Ian Henderson have both been declared fit as Ireland's to make it two wins out of two in the Six Nations against a France side who looked a little undercooked in their opening victory against Italy in Paris. That is going to be a great game, not missing that. Here's the marine weather forecast for coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore the Altmaritim and the VAR. The general situation is high pressure, 1,025 millibars over the western Mediterranean and a depression, 1,010 millibars over the Tyrrhenian Sea. A winds are southwesterly, force three to four. The sea is slight, visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Saint Jean Cap Ferrat, 1,018 millibars. And the outlook for Wednesday clear skies, force three to five southwesterly winds, slight to moderate seas, and good visibility. 
For North Corsica, winds are southwesterly, force three to five. The sea is slight to moderate. Visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Cap Course, 1,019 millibars. And the outlook for Wednesday, clear skies, force three to five. Southwesterly winds, slight to moderate seas, and good visibility. Riviera Radio, weather. Sibe issued a yellow weather alert for the Alp Maritime yesterday afternoon, saying high winds. Was in the VAR? No, but yeah, I saw it in the paper. They issued a yellow weather alert saying the wind would pick up at six o'clock in the evening and die down by six in the morning. But barely a leaf was rustling on the trees. It is the school holidays, so they've probably got the stagiaires in there. Uh, clear skies, moderate southwesterly winds, temperatures 17 degrees this afternoon. Overnight lows 6 or 7 degrees on the coast, 3 degrees inland with clear skies. Wednesday and Thursday, clear skies, highs of 14 to 16 degrees. So don't listen to Messier France, listen to our weather forecast. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Finally. Uh, getting an extra hour of sleep each night could help overweight people lose half a stone a year, according to a recent study. University of Chicago researchers tracked sleep duration and calorie intake among 80 overweight people. Uh, the results showed that volunteers who were able to get more shut-eye consumed 270 fewer calories every day on average. Well, I suppose if you, um, if you uh, sleep, you can't eat, can you? This is true. Mm-hmm.